0: This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, EquipRadio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you have joined us today. Do me a favor. Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be, I believe, a life transforming discussion today. I am so excited about our topic, in particular in the backdrop of the month that we are in. We all know that this is uh, the month of Thanksgiving, the month where joy should be at the forefront. But yet for so many Christians and non-Christians, joy seems all too fleeting. It seems to be elusive. Maybe that's you today, and the problem is compounded when so often the preaching that you hear. From pastors and leaders would lead you to believe that if you just trusted God enough, you would experience joy unspeakable without any interruption. Well, what is the challenge of joy and how do we solve the problem of experiencing greater joy in our lives? That's what. My- my mission is this month my mission this month all month long is to help to increase the joy level in your life now i'm going to give you some wonderful resources and i got some guests that i believe uh, are going to share some things that honestly are life transforming but i need your help and your participation it's one of those moments where it really is a help me help you type of moment Uh, I have a resource in my hands that all month long we're going to feature, and I could not be more passionate about getting this into your hands. It's simply entitled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People. Have you ever wondered, are people just born happy? Some people just born happy. It seems like some people got joy, maybe even a double measure, while others got short chains when it came to the joy gene. But the fact of the matter is is all of us can experience joy. Now, that may be breaking news for you, but I want to say it again. All of us can experience joy. You may say, well, Chris Brooks, you don't know my circumstances, my surroundings, my family, my life, my experiences, and you're right. I don't know all of those things for each listener in particular in vivid detail, but what I do know is that both theology and brain science tells me that there are things that you and I do that either increase or decrease the level of joy we are experiencing. So this book that is wonderfully written, very accessible, helps to lay out the pathway and the habits that produce joy so that it does not have to be something that is totally surrendered to circumstance, to happenstance, to people and places. But you, by God's grace, can experience the joy that he intended for you to have. Now, how do you get the resource? This is where you help me help you a gift of any amount to the program this month, and we will send it out to you. That's right. We will send it out to you right away. Two ways you can do that. You can go to our website right now, EquipRadio.org. That's equippedradio.org, Or you can dial the number, 888-644-4144. I'll say it again, 888-644-4144. Today I'm privileged to have the authors of the book with me. Marcus Warner is a friend to the program. You've heard him on with me many times. He's the president of Deeper Walk International. Since 2006, Marcus has earned his uh, uh, degrees uh, from uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and uh, he has his THM from there, his MDiv from there, as well as his doctorate degree from there. More importantly, he's helped to write uh, 16 books on various topics that help to combine the latest brain science with uh, all that Scripture has to give us about our spiritual life and well-being. So Marcus joins me now. Hey Marcus, how are you, sir? I
1: am doing great, Chris. It's good to be back on the show.
0: And you are not here alone. Reverend Chris Corsi is with you as well. Chris is an ordained minister, pastoral counselor, uh, published author, and international speaker. He's co-author of the book, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People. Chris, how are you, brother? Hey,
2: I'm doing really well, Chris. It's good to be with you today.
0: It is really good to have both of you with me. I'm telling you now, guys, uh, and I'm not saying this just because you're wrong with me. This book has been a game changer for me. And uh, one of the ways that I try to serve those who are listeners to Equip is if a book has had an impact on me, I want to make sure that broadly I'm sharing it. And so I I just think your book on joy, it is fresh. It is uh, so balanced. And so I'll start with you, uh, Marcus. Why why is joy so important? Because for me, for a long time, I saw joy – as a luxury, but now I see it as a necessity and vital. Why is joy so important?
1: Well, you know, I think of our uh, our emotional resilience like a ball and uh, the air inside of that ball is joy. And so if I am, my ball feels a little deflated. I don't have enough joy. It just doesn't bounce right. And I find it very difficult to bounce back from all the hard stuff in life. But if there's joy in the ball, right, then it it bounces well. I can, you know, no matter what I go through in life, I can go through that hard thing and I can bounce back. And so for me, one of the most important things about joy is that it is the key to our emotional resilience, our ability to bounce back from hard things. So that's probably where I would start, why I think joy is so important.
0: Chris, I'd love for you to share a little bit about that as well. But I love that, Marcus. I had on Dr. Kathy Cook with me not too long ago, and I asked her. She wrote a book about resilient kids. And I said, well, define resiliency for me. And I love this definition. It coincides with what you just said. She said, resiliency is our ability to go from setback to bounce back. Well, if your joy tank is low, if you don't have joy, what you're saying, Marcus, is that, man, bouncing back from the inevitable setbacks in life becomes difficult to impossible. Chris, what are your thoughts on that?
2: You know, that's such a good picture. And in many ways, just like our body needs oxygen to survive, our relationships need glad-to-be-together joy. And so when we see someone's face light up to see us, our brain responds with all kinds of feel-good chemicals, and we feel, Feel it when someone is glad to be with us. And so our relationships thrive when we are glad to be together. And we all can probably relate to those times where we've had somebody light up because we walked into the room or you light up because you see that good friend or that family member walk into the room. That glad to be together joy is really what makes our relationships thrive.
0: Who were you writing this book for, guys? When you, when you write, obviously, typically you have particular profile of the type of person you hope picks it up. And yeah, we want 7.6 billion people to pick it up, hopefully. Uh, but specifically, who were you thinking of when you wrote this?
1: Yeah, no, I know my, in the forefront of my thought was the, the Christian who's grown up in church and uh, always thought of joy as the icing on the cake of life. And uh, looked at Christianity as their duty, looked at it as something I just got to get through. I know for a lot of Christians, their Christianity is almost a burden, right? It's like this weight. They never feel like they get right. They never feel like <laughs> they do enough. And uh, so what we want to do is help um, at the core of the bullseye of our audience is uh, is Christians who are looking for that abundant life and don't understand that maybe there are some habits that could help them experience this, but they just never knew To even think of it in those terms
0: you know it's interesting chris i have said many a time as a pastor to my church family that jesus is more committed or concerned about your holiness than he is about your happiness is that wrong to say is there a better way of articulating that
2: well i think it's very complimentary You know, part of experiencing a God who's glad to be with us means that we become more like him and we take on his character. And so the thing that Marcus and I are really trying to convey with this book is, you know, our brain runs on the fuel of joy. But when we look at how God designed human, the human brain, we can learn a lot about the creator, that he also must really value joy. And we do have a good shepherd who's glad to be with the sheep, and that's going to change us from the inside out.
0: You know,
1: if I could jump in on this, too, Chris, I think the uh, uh, one of the things that stood out to me in uh, my Hebrew studies was this idea that.
0: Chris, are you still there? Yep. Yep. I think we we may have lost Marcus, but that's all right, because that means it'll be a more efficient interview. Until he yes. joins us back again, yes yes but 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 I'm sure that what Marcus is driving home is over and again within the scriptures there there seems to be this synonymous connection between us living for God and thriving in his joy, in other words, the more that we are um living in the ways the will, the word of God, the more joy we should anticipate, is that right?
2: That's exactly right. And joy is a relational concept. And so happiness is circumstantial. And in the Bible, we see in Hebrews where for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He scorned its shame and he sits at the right hand of the father. And so if you think about joy set before him, that's not like happiness. Oh, everything. This is fun. It's like, no, for the joy set before him, for you, for the relationship with you, he endured the cross. And so the joy is this relational Glad to be together. I want nothing to separate us. I want nothing to come between this relationship, and we can be glad to be together. And we do have a God who is tenderly glad to be with his sheep.
0: All right, friends, we're going to take a break, uh, but these breaks are going to give you opportunity to call to get your hand on the resource. Again, it's entitled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, 15-Minute Brain Science Hacks to a More Connected and Satisfying Life. What uh, Marcus and Chris have done in this resource is combining uh, the best of biblical theology, no compromise there, also with the uh, most recent brain science to help us to understand how we can increase the joy level in our lives, regardless of the circumstances that are happening around us. So here's what I need you to do. Call now, your most generous donation. Shouldn't you experience joy? Well, Jesus believes you should, and so do I. Call the number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Do you long for joy that supersedes your circumstances? you know that some of the most joyful people have endured unbelievable trauma because living joyfully is all about the habits we create in our daily lives. That's why I want to send you The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People by Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi. They combine spiritual truth with proven brain science to guide us into joyful living. This life-changing book can be yours with the gift of any amount to equip. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquippedRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm inviting you to join me in what I'm calling the Joy Challenge. This month, I really want to increase joy in my own life. I know I need to. And maybe you do as well. Maybe you recognize that, man, um, it's important for not only for me to experience greater joy in the presence of God, but in all of my relationships, I want there to be uh, greater joy. And if that's you, today I want you to get your hands on a copy of this wonderful resource, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People. Uh, Man, what a great month to have this joy challenge in the month of Thanksgiving. The phone number to get your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People is 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to our website, equippedradio.org. That's EquippedRadio.org as well. Let's remove every barrier that hinders our joy. Joining me is Dr. Marcus Warner and Reverend Chris Corsi. They tag-teamed on the book together. You know, uh, Marcus, one of the questions that I encounter a lot, or maybe maybe it's better to say is a disposition. One of the dispositions I encounter a lot is people who either either subconsciously or even consciously believe that they don't deserve joy. Maybe they've messed up. Maybe they have blown it. Uh, Maybe they have had uh, a really poor self-image driven into them uh, by their parents or other key influential people in their lives, maybe even a spouse, that causes them to feel like they don't deserve joy. What's your response to that?
1: Yeah, you're right. That's a sadly all too common, uh, uh, feeling that we have to earn things. And it comes generally from a lifetime of conditional love and this feeling that all relationships are transactional and that whatever I get from you, I've got to earn from you. And so that's a, it's a difficult, uh, you know, it's one of the uh, actually toxic thoughts that we have to learn how to attack in order to live with joy is identify that, you know what, I have a common, uh, I get a common attack from the enemy that says, I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve joy. I haven't earned this. And so what we understand is that grace teaches us that God starts with accepting us in Christ. And he said, because you're in Christ, I accept you. I love you. You belong to me. And my face lights up. When I think about you, because I know I'm exactly the person you need uh, to get where you want to go, and I'm happy to help you get there. And so God is not like disgusted with us. He is actually excited about the opportunity to relationally partner with us to make improvements that maybe we need to make. But uh, we don't have to make those improvements before he's happy to be with us.
0: It feels, Chris, that one of the things that we should be doing today is at least availing ourselves to pray with those who might be listening at fall squarely into uh, what I just described. Maybe you're listening right now and you've been told that you don't deserve joy. Or maybe you have uh, adopted that perspective uh, of your own life that somehow because of your mistakes or because uh, your your imperfections that you don't deserve joy. I'd love to pray for you. It's 877-LIVE-675 is the number, 877 877- Five four eight thirty six seventy five, or maybe as you're listening to us you're saying uh, man this is good for me but it's even more important for someone I love maybe you know someone who's been through trauma it's talked about in the book maybe you know someone who really needs to understand how their brain works in all of this um, and you just want to pray for them it's okay to be someone's intercessor today. We'd love to come alongside and be your prayer partner, 877-548-3675. Guys, why was it important to talk about neuroscience and uh, your dealing uh, on this topic?
1: You know, uh, in 1990s was called the decade of the brain. And uh, one of the things that neuroscience did for us is everybody reads the Bible, reads it with a little bit of a filter and we don't necessarily recognize that we have that filter. And so one of the things that neuroscience did is it taught us that joy is actually a relational word and that God designed our brains to crave joy and want to run on joy. And it also taught us that when we're not running on joy, we're going to run on fear. And, a, and, and the Bible has a lot to say about the difference between you know, fear and joy. Right? It connects really well. And so part of what we're doing is we're highlighting these connections between the latest neuroscience and what the Bible has always taught
0: us. Chris, anything you'd add to that about the importance? Because for some Christians, it's like, uh, well, isn't prayer just enough?
2: Yeah, you know what? Your brain takes the presence or the absence of joy very personally. So when you see someone's face light up to see you, your perception is there must be something good in me because look how excited this person is to see me. And so we also take uh, the absence of joy very personally. So when we don't have people who are glad to be with us, then we take that personally, and children especially take that personally. So part of the good news of what brain science is showing, as Marcus said, is joy is a relationship. It's a relational response when people are glad to be together. So the good news in all of this, in my mind, is we're discovering just how how much God values joy by looking at how he designed the human brain to really run on the fuel of glad-to-be-together joy. And this this molds our character. This forms our identity. This does a whole lot of good things for how we express the life that Christ has put in us. So joy really is a gift.
0: Uh, Chris, unpack that statement you just made, glad-to-be-together joy. That's a descriptor for you. That's a way of describing something you're going after. What do you mean by that?
2: Yeah. So joy, as far as your brain's concerned, is actually nonverbal. And so it's that face that lights up. You see it in the eyes. They light up. You hear it in the voice tone. You see it in the mannerisms. And so when you see all of these signals that say, hey, I'm really glad to be with you right now. I am glad to see you because it's you then your brain responds to that, and basically you feel that joy, and then you reflect the joy back to them, and then that person sees the response of their joy because you're showing (laughs) that you're also glad to be with them. So there's this little, you know, dance back and forth of glad-to-be-togetherness that happens.
0: Guys, it feels like I'm constantly asking myself that, and maybe— in some ways it's because of the way that I'm wired. I'm uh, you know, as a pastor, you're constantly thinking these ways. But but it sounds like you might be saying something even broader. But it, are we internally having an a nonverbal conversation about, man, I wonder if that person enjoys being with me. Are 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 these people glad to be in my presence? I know I want that.
1: Yeah. You know, this is one of the reasons why uh, we tell people that your true self is who you are when you're living with joy, because wow. most of us have created a false self to try to get joy out of people. And the problem is, is is if I have to be a like pretend to be somebody I'm not or I have to put on an act for you in order to try to get you to be happy with me, even if that works. I still feel distant from you. I don't feel like you really know me. I don't feel like you're really happy to see me. I feel like you're happy to see the person I'm pretending to be. And so wow. for this to really come through, we, it, we're we talking about authentically connecting with people in a way that there is something that bonds us together that says, I like being with this person. I like the joy that I feel with this person. And so you can transfer that to your connection to God. It's like there's way too many Christians who are fear bonded to God. And that is what Mm. motivates their relationship to God is the fear of what will happen if they don't. It's not the joy of the experience of the connection. And that's what we're trying to help people understand is that there's things that you can do to begin building more joy into your everyday relationships and more joy, especially into your walk with God.
0: Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi are my guests. Marcus, even as you were just talking, it's almost like you can hear the prison doors opening. It's almost like you can hear the shackles falling off of the lives of people who have related to God based off of an unhealthy fear. Uh, obviously, the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, and there's so much that can be said about that, but uh, this lack of joy, um this uh, sense that people don't enjoy being uh, with me or I'm unworthy of joy. and your your book, uh, Marcus and Chris helps to really set the prisoner free. I don't have to earn it, uh, and, and I can experience joy. It is possible. We're gonna go to the phone lines, but again, this is an opportunity for you to take up what I call the Joy Challenge. It's our focus all month long. What would it look like for you to live a life of joy, filled with joy? Now let's multiply that. What would it look like for our churches to be full of people, who are filled with joy. Imagine the impact that would have relationally on our jobs and our families and our communities with our neighbors and and how attractional that would be in drawing people to Christ. I think there is an evangelistic and missional connection here that I want you to see. If you wanna take up this joy challenge, dial this number, 888-644-4144. Bradley did, Luis did. I love that Linda has joined it, her as well. Kit, so thank you for calling. Uh, I want to quickly go to the phone lines. Al is listening in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thank you for calling. How can we pray for you today, Al?
2: Yes, uh, I would like to pray just, uh, you know, for the restoring of my joy. I've been through some things, and uh just seems like over the course of time, you know, I've, I've always been a person that thought I had joy, uh, but, when I, I'm going through a few seasons in my life and it just seems like it's so difficult to find that joy. And so I heard you guys talking and I just called yes. in cause I really would like you guys to pray for me that for the restoring of my joy and peace and rest in, in Christ, you know?
0: Yeah. So I want to pray for you, Al, but I also want you to keep listening because when we come back, I want to talk to uh, Dr. Warner and uh, Chris Corsi about trauma. Uh, Because I think so often the stories that we tell are just like yours, which is, I had a lot of joy, but then I ran into something. And since then, trying to rediscover joy has been fleeting. It's been elusive. It's been difficult. For now, let's pray. Father, I thank you for Al. I thank you that in a sea of people, you see him, you love him, and it is your joy. To invite him into your presence, I pray that he would take you up on that that invitation, that he would find in your presence is the fullness of joy. Bless our brother, restore his joy. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. Friends, we gotta take a break, but you can go to our website at equippedradio.org now to take up that joy challenge. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks Phone number 888-644-4144 This month is the month of joy I want you to experience that joy I want to increase the smiles in your life I want to increase your joy in the presence of the Lord I want you to experience greater joy in your relationships And if you're going to experience that You're going to have to understand how joy works That's why All month long, we're featuring a wonderful book by Dr. Marcus Warner, Reverend Chris Corsi, entitled The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, combines the best of biblical theology and brain science to help you and me experience joy and those that we get a chance to do life with. I want you to get a copy, but I do need you to call now, 888-644-4144. Or go to our website, equipradio.org. It's the joy challenge, equipradio.org. You're not meant to live a joyless life. God wants you to have joy. And so I want you to experience that today. Go to equipradio.org. Marcus, uh, let, let's just talk about a couple of the steps. Let's talk about two or so of the steps, Marcus and Chris. And then I do want to get to this trauma conversation. But, but what are two steps that we can take right now to start experiencing greater joy.
1: So first two steps are calming and appreciating. In fact, we uh, have the four habits, spell CASA to make it easy to remember. So CNA is calming and appreciating. By calming, what we mean is we have to give ourselves a breather now and then. We got to take a break now and then. Sometimes we just got too much and we have to give ourselves permission to take a break. There's also just basic practices that help us get our body back from things that overwhelm it. You ever notice when you get anxious, like your whole body is affected by the anxiety and you've got to take some deep breaths. You've got to do some things to get control of your body back from the emotion that's hijacked it. So we gave you some tools for doing that and helping you calm from things that overwhelm. And the second is appreciation. The fastest way to grow joy is the practice of getting in a place of appreciation for three to five minutes at a time. Most of us are good at saying thank you but we don't stay in a state of appreciation for very long. And that's really the key is uh, getting into that state of appreciation for five minutes consecutively.
0: Yeah. See, these are, these are really good habits and and it doesn't take money to do these things. That's what I love about it. It doesn't take money, but it does take, take mindfulness. Chris, what do you think about these first two?
2: Yeah. You know what? We all can use a breath and a little breather. You know, there's a reason where um, medically trained You know, people who run ambulances, first thing they always have everybody do is take a deep breath because they know if you take a deep breath, everything's going to be a little more manageable. And we also know with appreciation, even just remembering the good stuff, thinking about the good things, as Marcus was saying, that actually changes enzymes in our body that help to prevent inflammatory disease. So even the strands of our DNA are impacted by the thoughts that we think. And so remembering joy, thinking about the good stuff, reflecting on the good stuff, that literally changes us at the deepest levels of who God made us to be. And we become a thankful people when we begin to practice calming and practicing appreciation.
0: Friends, I'm telling you now that this this works. This isn't just some uh, pop psychology. The fact is, is that... Scripture over and again reminds us of these truths. And I thank God that what Marcus and Chris have done is just put into a resource what has always been right under our noses. Before we go to the phone lines, guys, and again, the phone number is 888-644-4144. I want you to take up the joy challenge today. If you want to see the joy level increase in your home, in your casa, If you want to see the joy level increase in your own life or if you want to uh, maybe be an ambassador for joy, wherever God sends you, I would highly encourage you to get a copy of The Four Habits of Joy Field. People, what a great resource for you and your team. Go to EquipRadio.org. Let's talk about trauma, guys. I know it's important. You talk about the difference between A and B trauma. And uh, and how that impacts our development? Can you just unpack what you have put into this wonderful book about trauma? So trauma
1: is anything that interrupts our ability to live with joy, really. And so they they're kind of a, a battling with one another. So uh, a trauma is the stuff that we miss that we may not even think about. It's uh, a stands for absence. You know, what did I miss out on? Like missing out on a father who said, I love you and gave you hugs, missing out on having a father in the home, you know, missing out on all kinds of things that we can look at that nobody was abusive to me. I just missed very important things. And it has just like not giving a plant water will absolutely traumatize that plant. What we don't get has a traumatizing effect on our development. Bee trauma is the bad stuff that happens to us. And so what I found is anybody's got B trauma in their life, bad stuff has happened. They also have A trauma. And so what happens is we have to have an intentional plan for building joy when so much of life has sucked that joy away from us. Like when Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he's trying to you know take away joy and get us to build a fear house inside instead of a joy house. And so we have to be intentional then and say, well, what do I have to do in order to win that battle and begin building a joy house inside rather than a fear house?
0: Man, you know, Chris, when I think about that, I I love for you to translate all that Mark has just said to the local church, because as a pastor, my burden is to, yes, experience that in my own life, but I want my church to experience that as well.
2: That's exactly right. And one of the things I discovered early on in working with people with severe trauma is... Joy was essential to really help them build the strength to be able to work through the hard stuff and to be able to change that fear house to a joy house. And so part of what the local church really has so much good things to give, one of them is joy, that when we create joy-filled community, what happens is people build relationships where we're glad to be together, and that actually gives strength so that people learn to suffer well instead of being traumatized, and it gives them strength to work through the hard stuff and get some of those rocks out of the shoe, the bad things that just weren't supposed to happen. So joy really does uh, give us strength to work through the hard stuff, and that is good news for the community and the local body.
0: Man, I you know, I think our community should be marked by certain things. Holiness should be one of those things. There should be a reverence for not only knowing God's commands, but obeying God's commands. Love should be present in a Christian community, in the community of, of the family of faith. But so should joy. And imagine the stark contrast of walking into a gathering of God's people or building relationships with God, people, God's people, and you're experiencing this deep and profound joy that you're not getting in other places, I think that that is a witness to a weary world that is so overwhelmed by all of the the things that drain our joy. That's why I wanna encourage you to get the book. Again, dial the number, 888-644-4144. Take up this joy challenge that I'm encouraging you to do. Enter into a joy journey with me, and we'll celebrate all of this together. And I thank uh, Janet and Patricia for saying, yeah, I want to take that joy journey as well. Let's go to the phone lines. Jennifer is listening in Lake Worth, Florida. Hey, Jennifer, thank you so much for listening. How can we pray for you today?
2: I could. Yes, um, I, am, I have um, a kidney problem, and um, it's weighing me down. But I'm trying to show joy because I have a granddaughter who is 13, and um, I have her from she was born. But um, I have to show, you know, I am just falsely showing on the outside that I have joy, but inside it's Mm. it's really bothering me because my kidney is like
0: 20% now. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I'm so grateful you called, and I want you to know that my heart goes out to you. I know walking through sickness is difficult. Marcus, uh, we got about a minute before we go to break. So before I pray for Jennifer, how would your book help her? What would you say to Jennifer based off of, the health challenges she's experiencing and how that's impacted her joy.
1: Well, I just uh, I, I agree. You know, when you've got in the middle of a hard, hard situation, you're not never going to feel happy all the time. You're never going to have joy all of the time. But my guess is that you light up when you think about your granddaughter and you light up when you think about certain memories in life. I would, uh, I suggest that you might kind of collect the top five memories that make you smile and give yourself uh, five minutes or so at a time to just think about those memories and uh, to think about what you love about your granddaughter, what you love about various people in your life and let your mind settle in on those. And I think it'll also help give your body some peace, but uh, you've got a real uh, uh, you're a real trooper, real warrior. Appreciate what you're doing.
0: Father, I pray for our dear sister, Jennifer, Lord, we know you're the maker of these uh, bodies and we know there can be multiple sources of uh, the cause of sickness in our body, maybe physical, maybe mental, emotional, maybe even spiritual. But whatever the source is, Lord, I pray that you would heal Jennifer to the depths of her being. And I pray, Lord, for joy, genuine joy to be restored back into her life. And may that joy come as she meditates on it and appreciates the great gifts and blessings you've given her yes, with her granddaughter, but also, Lord, with so many things in life that you have blessed Jennifer with. I pray that her joy would overflow into her relationships with others and that she would point people back to you, the Prince of Peace and the author of all joy. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Friends, we gotta take our final break of the day, but I want you to get a copy of this uh, this resource. The four habits of joy-filled people. It's not only great for you, but I got the suspicion that it would be really good for your for your small group, a really good book to read together as a family. Imagine this book permeating and working its way through your workplace. I'm telling you, there's so many different ways. This book on joy can be life-transforming, and what a better month to do it. I need you to call now, 888-644-4144, or go to equipradio.org. Stick and stay. Much more to come next up on Equip. possible to have joy even when life is hard and the four habits of joy-filled people Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi show us how to build habits that will fill our lives with joy and satisfaction every day based on the latest neuroscience this book is practical and easy to understand and provides exercises and tools that can help you to live a joy-filled life request your copy today when you support equip this month simply call 888-644 4144 or visit EquipRadio.org Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. This is the month of joy and we want to help you to experience greater joy. I hope you feel joy when you're listening and I know I enjoy being with you and I also feel great joy when I get a chance to spend some time with Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi They're my guests today, co-authors of the book, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, and they want you to experience joy as well. We've given uh, a couple of uh, habits that really can make a huge difference. Marcus and Chris, can you just mention maybe uh, one additional?
1: Well, let's talk about storytelling briefly. There's a difference in the way that Uh, fear-based people tell stories and joy-based people tell stories. Uh, Typical fear-based story is this bad thing happened to me. I felt this bad emotion and that's why I'm a mess. Mm. Right. And so what's happened is the story kind of ends with why I don't deserve to be happy, why I'm a problem, why there's something you know fundamentally wrong with me. What joy-filled people do is they'll tell a story that goes, this bad thing happened to me. I felt this bad emotion, but, It's like, but this is how I bounce back. But this is what someone did to help me get through this. But this is, you know, how I learned to act like myself anyway. And so what we find is if I my stories that I tell myself of the stories that I tell other people can either be reinforcing the fear or they can be reinforcing the joy. And so it's partly to become aware of how am I motivating myself? Am I motivating myself like have you ever said, I gotta get home before my wife is, you know, you know, wants to kill me? It's like, well, that's a you know, that's a fear motivation. But it's like, well, is there anything positive that would motivate you to want to spend time yeah. with your wife? So let's tell yourself a different story about that. You know, what would be joyful about getting to uh, get home and spend extra time there as opposed to how do you avoid the negative. So storytelling is a big, uh, a
0: big habit to, we gotta you get a handle on. You know, Chris, as I listen to Marcus, I think it's a game changer just for people to be aware that we're even telling ourselves a story. Like I, I, yeah. I wonder for many people, if, if there is a conscious awareness that we're always, telling ourselves a story.
2: You know, uh, you're exactly right. We always are telling ourselves a story. We're just not always aware of it. And so one of the things that happens as we start to share joy stories is it really starts to mold our internal story. And so, as Marcus said, like when we start to reflect on joy and share joy, what happens is it begins to train your brain's attention system to start noticing the good stuff in a given day. And so while fear stories really help your brain to find out what's bad in the environment, what's scary in the environment, joy stories really help us to find what's the good stuff that's happening right now. Even if it was a bad day, here's what went well today. And so these joy stories, not only do we tell these stories ourselves, but we can share joy with other people by sharing the good stuff And what it does is it really creates an environment where joy can grow. And so just imagine being in a small group with people and you take the first 10 minutes of the small group just to share some of the good things that God had done for you this past week. We're not going to discount or ignore the hard stuff, but what we're doing is we're really starting out setting the tone with some joy, which is going to give us the strength to navigate the hard stuff. So joy stories can be used in a variety of ways, and, but they really do change how our brain thinks and what we expect around the corner.
0: I want to pray, and then I want to ask you guys um, maybe your hope, your hope for this project. So uh, Bernice, who's listening in Illinois, who lost her husband, and also Angela, who's listening in Downers Grove, who has lost uh, five family members this year. I want you to know that we see you, but not only do we see you, the Lord sees you. And I want you to know also that he has come so that you might have joy. You've been through a lot, but your Savior is near, and he wants you to experience joy in his presence. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Bernice, and thank you for Angela. I I pray, Lord, that they would experience your nearness. That they would hear you affirming them that they're your child and whom you are well pleased. I pray that they, uh, Lord, would experience the removal of fear and the increased reminder of your goodness. May they see your goodness in spite of the challenges, in spite of the loss. May their souls continue to declare that you are good. Finally, Lord, I pray that you will place them in community. They would not walk this life alone, but that they would experience the joy of community and like precious faith as they find themselves thanking and praising you, your good God. Be near to Bernice and Angela, we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Friends, I wish I could hand deliver this to your doorstep, uh, but I can't do that across America as much as I Wish I could, but what I can do is for everyone who calls 888-644-4144, we can send to you a copy of this wonderful book, and it will be a game changer in your life, I promise you. And if your life is changed, and it's uh, in your perspective of joy, it will impact your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your church, your neighbors, It will impact the world. So call the number 888-644-4144. Chris, with about a minute left, what's your hope for those who pick up the book? You
2: know, my hope is that as people read this book, not only will they find encouragement that joy is possible, but they'll also find some very practical exercises that they can put joy into practice. And so one of the things Marcus and I frequently say is a little bit of joy goes a long way. And so it can be as simple as a smile, as simple as seeing someone light up to see you or seeing someone hold the door for you. A little bit of joy can go a long way. And as we practice the exercises in this book, like that's one of the best, most practical ways for this to translate into real life change. And as you said, Chris, joy really is a game changer. And that's what we hope people will discover.
0: Marcus, I'll give you with 20 seconds the last word, my friend.
2: I appreciate it. They'll, you know, we wrote this
1: book with uh, to be a tool that you could give to your non-Christian friend. So it's not mm. Bible forward. It's not preachy. This is a neuroscience forward so that you can give it to somebody in your life who really needs some joy as like a pre evangelistic tool. So my hope is that people will find this not only helpful for themselves, but something they can share with maybe a non-Christian family member or a friend.
0: Well, you know, I think another thing that'd be a game changer guys is as a parent, man, do I want my kids to have joy. So imagine dads reading this with their sons, or moms reading this with their daughters, young adults that are in college, maybe independent for the first time, getting a, a, an advance on living a joy-filled life. Man, do I wish I had a book like this when I was in my 20s, but I got it now, and I can impact the next generation. Marcus, Chris, thank you for joining in us. Everyone else, go to our website, EquipRadio.org. Until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.